I got my Jump Zone Cup, uh, holographic one. Mom, go away. I'm recording a podcast. Recording a podcast. Recording a podcast. Welcome back to Verified, everybody. My name is Shane. My name is Carlos. Guys, we have an absolutely fantastic interview for you guys today. This is a very, uh, very new experience for us. We decided to kind of go across the country, and now we have uh, a teenager from California here to talk about her her podcast and um, how she's transferred her experience with uh, mental health into a podcast, and how she plans to use that platform to um, to kind of help others uh, going through similar experiences. Very interestingly, she has interviewed many like very notable people. Uh, Leo Flowers is a comedian. Audrey Bailey is an artist, and then Blaze Aguirre. I should probably say mm-hmm. that again. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and he's a he's a psychiatrist that works at the uh, McLean Hospital. He's like world renowned, a very very professional dude. Without further ado, please welcome Sadie Sutton from the She Persisted podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I think the it's best that we start out with uh, how did you start She Persisted podcast and why you started it. Kind of like your origin story, so to speak. I went through quite the mental health journey during my eighth grade and freshman year of high school. I actually uprooted my entire life and I moved to Boston for about four months um, for mental health treatment, which is crazy, not your typical high school experience. When I started this whole mental health journey, my dad was like, you should podcast this. Like, this would be so cool. So many teens go through these journeys. Like, imagine how crazy it would be to like record every day as you go through this journey. And I hated my parents with like every ounce of my being. I thought that they were the root of all my problems. I I just had a terrible relationship and I was like, absolutely not. No one's going to listen to it. This is so embarrassing. I'm not going to record this. I remember we were sitting in the the room with my my future psychiatrist and therapist. And he was like, can I send her a recording device so that she can document this? And they were like, oh, sir, this is a mental hospital. This is so hip. But like, you cannot have a recording device in here. That ship never sailed. A year and a half later, I was still in intensive treatment. I was at a therapeutic boarding school in Montana. And I remembered way early in my journey, around the time I went to Boston during my freshman year, people told me that my life could be different and that I didn't have to suffer from severe depression and severe anxiety and have anything to look forward to and that my life didn't have to be the way that I was experiencing it and I didn't believe it and mm-hmm. so a year and a half into this super intensive work um, and rewiring all my core beliefs building all of these relationships I realized that my life and the reality that I was experiencing was exactly what they told me would happen which was that I looked forward to things I loved life I, I loved my relationships I had a, I had a really healthy relationship <laughs> with my parents and I wasn't struggling with depression and anxiety anymore and so at that point I was like, okay, if I was this person who never, ever, ever thought I would be happy, I didn't know if I would make it past 18. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew I wasn't going to be happy. And then there I was able to turn around my life before I'd even left the house. And so that was the moment where I was like, this is definitely something I want to share. I want to, I want to give people access to these amazing resources that I've had and share these stories because teenagers aren't alone when they're struggling with mental health. And you, you interact with a lot of other people that have struggled with maybe depression at some point or anxiety. But as far as teenagers that are saying, hey, I went through this exact same thing that you did and it got better. It is better and you can do it too. I felt there was a huge lack of that. I heard it from adults. I heard it from doctors, but I didn't hear it from people that were like me. Podcasting was a really unique platform and I didn't know a lot of teenagers that consistently released episodes. I started recording episodes with my friends and they would tell their stories and experiences and I would share (coughs) mine and I would sit down with my parents and they would give advice to other parents that had a kid who was struggling. Um, and then I circled back with the doctors that I worked with and um, 
other people like you mentioned that were social media personalities and kind of just further breaking down that barrier that everyone has mental health and everyone has to navigate that right. um and it doesn't have to be something that we don't talk about you talked about like the purpose and like the goal that you had when you initially started this podcast so i was wondering as you've gained more of a following have you've interviewed more people how has your purpose or goal of doing this podcast changed yeah, so it's it shifted a lot. I think I've had three different cover arts for my podcast, which I think that's how it kind of like break up these different time periods of the show. And for the longest time, I didn't even tell anyone I had a podcast. I mean, my parents knew, my super close friends knew, but I never announced it on my personal Instagram. I didn't share it with family. It was something I was just trying to find my voice with. And so I started, like I said, with talking to close friends, close family members, and really breaking down my own story and what my suffering looked like from the outside. Because I was someone who was feeling all these intense emotions and struggling a lot, but I hid it and I bottled up and I didn't want, I didn't think that people could help me. And if I thought that if I told people I wasn't okay, that I was even more weak and that was really accepting that it was real and that it was out of my control and I didn't know what to do. I wanted to kind of create this picture of sorts for parents and friends and peers to look at and say, okay, this person spending a lot more time at home, creating um, an example of what a teen suffering can look like. And from that, it kind of shifted to hearing other teen stories. I did a lot of um, DBT education, which was a type of therapy where it's just kind of skills that teach you how to cope with life, whether it's staying present or tolerating distress, being more interpersonally effective. And then it really did shift to becoming me interviewing more people and asking for their tips and tricks and what, what was helpful for them in their own mental health journeys. And so talking to fellow podcasters, about how podcasting impacted their mental health, talking to world-class clinicians about what would they say to parents who are don't know what to do. What do you say to a kid who feels like they're really struggling and don't have treatment? What are the resources that were helpful for you? Because what can separate us so much is those nitty gritty emotional experiences and then focusing it from a positive perspective so that the podcast isn't something that triggers people. So it's a resource for people to go to and learn how to take control of their mental health and hear that they're not alone because we all experience these emotions. I know a few people who are struggling a little bit to find things to be passionate about. So like, what would you uh, recommend to other high school students or, you know, or younger or older who are kind of looking for something to do that'll fill these kind of empty gaps in their life? I mean, you have to try things like people think their passion will just like happen upon them. They'll be like mm -hmm. inordinately motivated and good at it. Like that's not how that works. When I first started podcasting, yeah, it was like kind of interesting, like shiny new thing to edit these episodes <laughs> and put them up. It's a skill and a passion that really grows over time. And so when I started the podcast, I, I took a break when I started my junior year because I wasn't super passionate about the content I was putting out, which was talking about my own mental health story. And I like to say, you can only talk about yourself so much mm -hmm. before it gets boring. And that was exactly what happened to me. I didn't have that platform where I wanted to share other people's stories and where I wanted to ask other people about what worked for them. It was really a skill in trying new things and dedicating time to that. And so you really just have to take that chance. You have to try new things and you have to be willing to dedicate a good amount of time and figure out, are you good at it? Do you like it? Are you motivated to keep doing it? Um, and that goes for a lot of things, whether it's like sports or art or school itself or like writing, like anything. I think part of being passionate about something also comes with being good at it and being good at it comes with dedicating time. Mm -hmm. and so you just have to be willing to invest that time in yourself because it pays off in a huge way, not only from a professional standpoint, but from a mental health standpoint as well. 
what do you want to do going forward? Like, how do you, how do you plan on, um, do you want to stick with the podcast? Do you want to make it go as long as possible? Um, so I've always said I want to keep doing the podcast after I go to college. And my biggest guiding principle when I release episodes is how would I feel if a college admissions director was listening to this episode? I, I mm. do, I discuss that a lot because I think it's such a good thing to remember, especially as a teenager. And it's a great way to check yourself and your morals and your boundaries as you're putting things on the internet because the internet is forever, you know? Oh, so yeah. I think after I go to college, I have a little bit more freedom with the, with the episodes I'm putting out and having these really um, vulnerable and authentic discussions about mental health and bringing on more controversial guests to talk about. I definitely plan to continue. I think I have tried to bring in as much education as possible with DBT and these different skills and stuff as I become much more proficient in the psychology field and that whole area of study, being able to bring those things to the podcast and talk about different tips from therapy that people can use in their daily lives and talking to other professors and peers at college and then graduate students and then and, and then colleagues at some point. There's a lot of room to grow in that area. And I have no idea what it's going to look like five years from now. But at this point, I plan to continue. Sadie, do you want to plug any uh, Instagram, personal Instagram, podcast, anything like that? Yeah, so I never go on my personal Instagram. So you can follow my podcast Instagram at, at She Persisted Podcast. You can go to my website, ShePersistedPodcast.com to get all the information. You can listen to She Persisted on any of your podcast platforms. Click whatever link is in the description because it'll be there. Other than that, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you guys did enjoy it and you want to follow us on whatever podcast the link platform you're currently on, we'd be greatly appreciated. Um, you guys can check us out on Instagram. Um, our YouTube is called Verified Media. You can check us out on TikTok. Tune in next Friday for a brand new interview. Hope it'll probably be a good one. So you, you don't want to miss it. Mom, go away. I'm recording a podcast. Recording a podcast. Recording a podcast. Toodles!